Kyle and I, for today's discussion, are gonna bat around this, uh, the question of uncertainty and spirituality, that kind of theme today, uh, in a sort of, once again, like a live podcast style, as we did last week. Uh, and while we do, we do wanna mention that we're inviting your questions and your comments in the chat sections as we go. So please don't hesitate to write in what's coming to mind for you. Uh, if there's a question, like if you wanna dictate where we end up going with this conversation, uh, we're leaving this open. And so if you want to uh, have a say in terms of what we talk about next or where we go next, please mention it in the comments we, and, and we'll, we will take that into account. Jen will be uh, jumping in, interrupting us uh, to kind of direct us in the best way to go. She is our fearless leader. We will follow you, Jen. <laughs> uh, so whether it's questions about uh, practical stuff as we discuss this or whether it's questions about ideas, uh, we're willing to go either of those directions. So Kyle, as we get going, uh, let me start you with a question. Um, our take is that spirituality can help speak to the uncertainty that we all feel right now, but it's not actually by providing certainty in response, is it? It's not providing certainty in response to uncertainty. So my question to you is in what ways does spirituality help with uncertainty if it's not by providing certainty? It's a good question. I think, well, hello everybody. It's good to see everybody. It's always like examining the backgrounds of different people's houses and taking ideas on what pictures I want to put on my wall. Um, but, you know, when I think about the, the stage of life we're in right now where uncertainty is pervasive, uncertainty is, it's not just I feel uncertain about what's happening in the world right now, but I feel uncertain about how long things are going to last and what's going to be going on. And I think when I, where I find uh, faith to be helpful right now is I think that there's a temptation, particularly living in America, particularly living in a culture like we live, that says uh, looking to faith will like provide certainty in the midst of uncertainty. And I, I actually think that that's not, True. I think that what is actually most helpful for us right now is not actually finding uh, certainty and clarity and feeling like in the midst of this world right now, we have all of these questions answered of what's going to happen and that somehow faith can answer those for us. I think what's actually true is the realization that life is actually always incredibly uncertain. And it's actually a bit of an illusion when we tell ourselves we think it's certain. And I actually think when we lean into the experience of uncertainty, that's actually where I think we find God come alive. There's a sense of like letting go of control. There's a sense of realizing that uh, having something larger than us actually comes to life when we feel like the world isn't certain because it actually brings us into touch with what is actually always true. So Kyle, are you saying that we, that we don't actually want certainty? We think we do, but we don't? Yeah, I, I think, you know, especially when it comes to like where faith comes in, I think that uh, for a few hundred years now, post-enlightenment, we kind of came to this place with the scientific revolution that faith is kind of doing what uh, we're trying to do in the rest of our life, which is try to get more and more clarity on our answers, kind of boiling things down to understanding life. And I think uh, in the Western world, we've experienced faith that way, that like, what is faith? Faith is uh, helping me have answers to questions. And I actually think that's not actually what we need. I don't actually think what we need is answers to questions in life. What I think we need is connection, uh, leaning into mystery, 
the ability to find the things in life we actually need in the midst of a world that is actually always uncertain. And it's actually kind of, I think, uh, a false path for us to go down to think that in times of uncertainty like this, that what faith should offer us is answers uh, are helping us understand more about that. So we have at, at, at this church, uh, we have a perspective that we often throw out um, at different points in our talks or in the different kind of ways we engage life and try to get people talking about life. And the, the perspective is we need connection more than we need answers. And we've kind of used that as a shorthand. We talk about it a lot. We need connection more than we need answers. Um, I thought about that this week. Um, I had, um, I don't know if anyone else has had this experience, but we've like people who you haven't talked to in like two or three years. Um, like we, we've all got a very different life right now. So like you just happen to hear from somebody and, uh, and I had this happen. It was super pleasant. It was wonderful. A friend that I haven't talked to in two and a half years, um, called the other day and we finally got around to like connecting. We're like, Hey, let, let's talk at, you know, 3 PM this day. And so we did that. We had a phone call. We ended up talking for an hour. We, we, again, we had not touched base in two and a half years. And there was something about this like wild space now that everybody is in where it's just like, I think I'm going to go and reach out to people I haven't talked to in a while because, you know, otherwise I'm just going crazy in my home. And so we, we talked for an hour. We caught up. I, I found out what's going on with him and, and, and his wife. This, this is a, a guy who um, I, had, I had the privilege of getting to uh, officiate uh, he and his wife's wedding. So that was great fun to kind of like find out, hey, what, you know, what's going on with your relationship? How's the, wedding? How's the marriage, you know, since? Um, and, uh, and then I, he's asking about what's going on in my life, what's going on with our family and our kids and what's going on with the church here. And we, it was just such a pleasant, uh, interaction and we talked for a while and we shared kind of our own uncertainties and fears about like, you know, how much longer is this going to go on? We don't know. That does feel crazy. And we, you know, we're, we're sort of batting around and sharing our perspectives, how he sees that in his line of work, how I see that in my line of work. And we got to the end of the conversation and I felt no better about any of like, you know, the big uncertainties. I had no more answers than I came in with this, you know, this person was great, but they didn't, you know, know any more than I did about what's next in life or what's going to happen or what is, what is, what is the case with the coronavirus or you no, know, we just, we just kind of bounced off of each other's uncertainties and we talked for a while. And then I left the conversation on the phone and I turned back to my kids and the rest of life and went about my day. And I just felt lighter. The entire day, I felt so much better. I had started the day feeling uh, sort of off, and uh, and it was I've, as I've said to a couple of you over the last week. Uh, some days are better, and some days are harder. And it felt like a harder day until I had that conversation. Until I just connected with this friend, and I think that that's a little bit of a snapshot in this like moment of why I need connection more than I need answers. It like maybe you know in, in some cases the answers aren't really out there for me and so so perhaps that's why this is so helpful is it kind of focuses me on what actually I can get and I can get connection that's available for me in this time but even if say there is you know some magical source out there where we can understand everything there is to know about the uncertainty of right now with the coronavirus or what's going to happen next and how our economy is going to be affected I think even if that was out there what, what this kind of little moment taught me was that connection does more for my spirit than any sort of sense of like a, a certain answer does for me. You know, I think about what, what this looks like for me. And I think living in the amount of uncertainty that we have right now, 
living in this space where the anxiety feels uh, easily accessible, I think what I have actually found helpful is the moments where I'm just trying to let go. Like, I don't have control over what's happening right now. And as an American, letting go, not having control feels really difficult for me. It feels like, what do we do when things are hard? We just try harder. We double down. We do all of those things. And I think the truth is, uh, I think what faith at its best offers us is some ability to let go and hand off all of that to something beyond ourselves. To say, you know what, I don't have control here, but there's something that loves me that I can hand this over to. And I think to me, that's been what I've been trying to do in this process is, what does it look like for me to let go of control? What does it let me mean for me to actually maybe use this as a time in my life where I have actually been um, finding a lot of my sense of peace and okayness in my ability to try to control the world around me. And actually it's a lot freer for me to let go of that and recognize there is things I can control, absolutely, and I wanna do those well, there's actually a lot more that I can't. And that that's actually right where Jesus positions himself in my life, is to take that from me and to let him be a support of connection in my life and to let him as something so much bigger and grander than me feel like I'm not just letting go of everything aimlessly in the universe, I'm lost and alone, but I'm letting go and entrusting this lack of control into something larger than myself with God. Kyle, you've uh, in the past pitched um, like a a very practical end to that sort of practice. Um, Can you walk us through that right now? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Yes. Uh, So there's this, there's something I came across about you know, 10 years ago now that has found really helpful for me in moments where I'm feeling uh, out of control, in moments that I feel overwhelmed, there's a lot of uncertainty. And it's a pretty simple thing. And it's uh, you can do either two circles or just a line down. I do this like physically, a line down the middle of the paper. This is not it, but if there's a line down this middle of this paper. And on one side, I write all the things that I actually have control over. Um, so like right now, uh, I have control over, actually, you know, I'm going to pull up something real fast that uh, Vince um, found a, a version of this online, and then um, it's breaking down what are the things in my life that I have control over, and what are the things that I don't. And on one side, I'm writing down, I can pursue, I can pursue social distancing, I can be intentional with my kids, I can create a schedule. And then on the other side, what are the things that I don't have control over? Uh, Like whether the toilet, there's toilet paper at the store. I don't have control over this. How long this is going to last? Whether other people are doing the things that they're supposed to be doing right now. Uh, All of those things are outside of my control. And I kind of write those down on one list. And then I pray two separate prayers on the side of the list of things I do have control over. I pray for God's help for me to do those well. Pray for God's help to have grace when I don't do those well. On the other side of the list of all the things I have no control over, I'm asking for God to kind of take those. God, the fact that other people aren't following these protocols, Jesus, I ask that you take that and largely remove the responsibility from my chest of that and then trust that into your hands. And that actually I get a much more accurate view of what I can control and releasing the things that I don't have any control over. And I've often found it helpful literally just drawing a line down on a piece of paper and then writing things on each side. And that has actually felt like a major relief to me. 
So that I think is really, it's great. And also I just, just to like highlight um, getting back to this question of like, how is spirituality helpful in the midst of uncertainty? I am struck by uh, especially the side of your paper that is things you can't control and what you're doing there when you pray is letting go. I'm struck by how like that is the definition of uh, not getting certainty in response to uncertainty. Like there, there, that doesn't, that doesn't like fix anything. It's not as though like there is something that you can get there from God. You're like, well, actually I am going to uh, overtake that person in your neighborhood who's not been social distancing and I will make them stop. <laughs> and it's like, nope, that's not how it works. It, it is instead like what you're getting there is something very different. And I would argue that what you're getting there is connection. Like that there is the, the thing, the reason that that is powerful is not that uh, it, maybe there is some power in the idea of letting go in general of just like being able to uh, release responsibility for yourself. But there's something about the fact that it's, that it's an interaction that you can say like, I don't have to fundamentally just like let go harder in order for this to work. There is, there, is, there is one on the other end of this. There is a, the God of the universe on the other end of this offering help. And in that interaction of saying like, you may let go those things to me, and I, who am much more powerful and creative and resourceful, uh, I can handle all of that burden. You cannot handle all of that burden, small person named Vince or named Kyle or named whatever, but I can handle all of that burden. So release that to me. There is, there is not just a release, there's not just a letting go, there's also a connection happening there. And I think that that is the piece that is so helpful. You know, there's, there's something from the Bible that I always find helpful in these spaces. It's this uh, notion, so in the Old Testament, there's two books, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. And in the Hebrew tradition, you should never read one without the other. They're meant to be perfect complements to each other. Proverbs is probably the one people are most familiar with. It's literally like the side of the list you have control over. It's, these are the best ways to live life. Uh, you know what, if you're kind to other people, they'll probably be kind back to you. If you're wise with your money and work hard, you'll probably prosper. It's all like the things you have control over. And then Ecclesiastes is kind of the other side of the list. The, 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 the famous phrase from Ecclesiastes is meaningless, meaningless, it is all meaningless. It's the idea that like no, no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, sometimes things still fall apart. And at the end of the day, what does Ecclesiastes recommend we do? We eat and drink and enjoy the moment. And I think that there's a, this, like, because at the end of the day, it's all meaningless. Everybody dies. It's all terrible. So it's, it's this Hebrew balance of each other of if you just read Ecclesiastes, you have kind of like a nihilistic view of the world that is not really super helpful. If you just read Proverbs, you probably have an inaccurate view of the world. I all know people that work really hard and don't prosper. But if you read them together, it's this balance of what, what are the things that I can do right now that are helpful for me? But also recognizing there's a ton out of my control and in letting go of something beyond myself in the Ecclesiastes way, I actually just focus in on the moment right now. I'm eating and drinking and enjoying my company around me. I think that's something that's helpful for me in this space is to recognize what are the things that get me through this? I don't know about you, but I've had like second breakfast and third lunch about every day at home just because there's like constant it's like mealtime is really just one continuous thing all day. Uh, but just enjoying some time with each other, enjoying space with each other, is one of those things that we're almost forced to enjoy the simple things of life right now. And I think there's something about that that can help us appreciate the small things. To let go 
of wanting answers and clarity because that's what we long for, particularly as white Americans. You know, there's something for me real fast. Uh, this all kind of was really helpful for me to realize how my worldview was informed by being a Western American. A while back when I got introduced to Eastern Orthodox theology, and one of the things in that that's really, really important is it talks a lot about how in the Western tradition, we're obsessed with answers. In the Eastern tradition, they focus on mystery. There's a, a Eastern theologian called Callistus Ware who talks about how the task of humanity uh, is not to provide easy answers to every question, but to make us progressively aware of a mystery. God so, is not so much the object of our knowledge as the cause of our wonder. And there's just this letting go of realizing there's so much in the world that I can't control. And actually that may be a healthier place for me to live than constantly pretending like I can control it. I got a question for you, Vince. Yeah. In this process, in what we've experienced last month, I'm curious, what has felt like the hardest thing to recognize you're not in control of? It felt like you found anything helpful in, in letting go of that? Or is that, what's that struggle been like for you? I'm just curious. Yeah, I, the thing that feels hardest to write down on the not in control side is how long this is going to last uh, for me. Um, I, that, that just feels like the scary thing. Like I'm, I'm in a space right now, uh, my family's in a space right now where um, like at this very moment, we're not affected uh, uh, financially. Uh, but however long this lasts, that could change. And so that, that fills me with fear. Um, it, it's sort of like a little bit of what you were talking about last week, Kyle, where like, if I think about today or tomorrow, I feel fine. Even if I think about next week, maybe it's like, yeah, I think we can, we can make this work. So it's okay. Um, but if I think about like, so say two months from now, and we're all still uh, locked in social distancing, you know, like that feels kind of overwhelming and like two months, that's a, it's a, and it's already been three weeks and, you know, oh my gosh, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so I think that that's the thing that feels hardest. Um, but I suppose the, the practice that's helping me to do the let go connection thing um, is um, I, I, I spoke uh, back in December about um, uh, a contemplative prayer practice that I've learned uh, and how, uh, how shockingly helpful the words of course are in prayer. Uh, and so, um, the, uh, essentially what I've been doing uh, a regular morning practice for me. Um, I do the mornings because um, it's the quietest time and nobody else is up in the, in the house yet. Uh, and what I will do is um, I'll try to, I'll try to follow my breath. I'll try to quiet down and, you know, breathe in, breathe out. And as I'm doing that, uh, I am trying to clear my mind. I'm trying to like, you know, take everything and, and, and put it on the shelf so I can just be like present to God. My thought in that moment is like, hey, God, God can speak to me. God can have um, insight for me and um, suggestions for me about how my day can go well. But it, it's hard because I have to sort through all the, you know, like everything that goes on in your head. And when you turn off your, turn off uh, all the sound, like, you know, all the, the anxieties rush to your head. But um, what has been so helpful for me is to not treat all of those things that come into my brain as distractions that I should be ashamed of. Like, oh, you know, my goal is not to think like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm trying to be present to God, but I'm so bad at it because all these distractions come in my head. And, you know, I've, if I could just, you know, get those distractions out of there, I'd be better at praying. Uh, the idea behind this is, is that is a, that's a completely wrong way to think about prayer. 
The idea is that um, distractions are an opportunity. Um, and the way you make them an opportunity is, well, one way you can do that is using the language, of course I feel fill in the blank. And, and uh, that's such a different way than me sitting down and saying like, okay, you know, I'm distracted. I'm, I'm thinking about like my, uh, oh, that, there's going to be two hours today where my wife has work to do and I'm going to have to be watching the kids, but I feel pressure because I have to get my work done. And that's coming into my head. What I might, what the bad way for me to, to pray in the middle of that would be, um, oh God, I, I'm just so distracted. God, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to focus on you. And I like keep apologizing because I feel bad because I'm being so distracted. I'm supposed to be in front of God. That won't get me anywhere. But what will get me somewhere is to treat it as an opportunity to say, of course, I feel anxious about that two hour stretch later today. There's a lot that we have to get done and we don't have enough time in the day. And it's just like that act, the, the saying, of course I feel. And I, I think, of course, I just was running through my to-do list and not present to this prayer time I'm trying to have. There's a, there's a lot to get done today. And I think, of course, I just fell asleep as I was trying to you know, pray right now. I'm very tired and I didn't sleep well last night, you know? And all like taking all of those things that happen or all of those distractions that run into my head as opportunity to interact with this God who wants me to let go of things, who wants me to let go of all the things that I, I don't have control over. The, all, uh, then, then it's all opportunity for connection. I don't have to feel ashamed about being distracted in prayer. And that I think has been wonderful because I don't know prayer is so wrapped up and maybe this is also connected to like the American mindset like you're talking about. Prayer is so wrapped up in like performance. Like we have to like, we have to like do it right or else we won't hear God or God won't be pleased and he'll smite us. And it's just crazy talk. Like the, what if every experience of distraction that you have when you're trying to sit down and pray is an opportunity to let something go and to be kind to yourself and to feel God being kind to you. Maybe God is not the, the like the demanding taskmaster we've made him out to be. Maybe God looks like Jesus. I mean, that. That is essentially what we consider every week that we come together uh, at BLC. So, uh, look, I said BLC. I didn't say BLV. Aren't you proud of me? That was so good. I know. I'm very. I think uh, well, the part about this that I think is, I always try to figure out, so there's a ton of uh, real difficult things about what we're experiencing right now, for sure. And that's hard. I think it's important for us to acknowledge them. But I'm also trying to think about what are the opportunities of right now? Um, and I think one of them is that uncertainty of, I don't even know how long this is going to last. So even if I was good at planning, I wouldn't be able to plan what to do. Because there's like, I can't be like, oh, well, this is, well, if this is going to be a nine month process, this is our plan. Or this is, but what happens if I have to go back to work in two weeks? Like it's, I don't even know how to do it. And so what the opportunity of this for me has been is it is, uh, you know, there's a, there's a psychologist that talks about, we, we are kind of always uh, anxious about the future or regretting the past and really struggling to experience the present. But because of that, I, there's like a real struggle uh, to stay in the present. And what this is doing for me right now is I'm really only able to pray about today because I don't even know what I would be praying about for the future. And in some ways, it has allowed me to be a little bit more present to the moment, especially since most of the things I'm doing are about escaping the moment, like Netflix or things like that. But those times of prayer have brought me into this space to see what this is going on. Even when it's chaos around you, you have to be there in that moment. That was almost meta at the same time. I love it. <laughs> uh, well, let me, give, uh, let me give one more call. If anybody has uh, a comment or a question, just kind of direct us. Uh, we're gonna give uh, about five to seven more minutes for this. 
and then uh, uh, Rebecca uh, Jamrin on our prayer team is going to uh, pray over us here to, to as we transition to the next part of our service. So um, yeah, let us know if there's any other um, direction that you uh, are longing for us to go right now. Yeah, maybe I'll pose. I'm curious to see for other people, like what are the the things of uncertainty in this moment that feel particularly challenging uh, to you, or has anybody found something kind of strangely helpful about how the lack of clarity in the space that we have right now? Mm, wonderful. Okay, yeah. Leave us leave us a, a note in the comments or chats as we uh, as we go along. I thought uh, I one thing I pulled for our discussion today is a psalm, uh, a selection from Psalm four. Uh, that I just really love. It's quite short, and I just thought I would read it uh, almost as a prayer for us today. So let me read from Psalm 4. <clears throat> Many are saying, oh, that we might see better times. Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart, more than when grain and wine and oil increase. You have put gladness in my heart more than when grain and wine and oil increase. I lie down in peace. At once I fall asleep. For only you, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And I just love that little selection. I just think that that, that really speaks to this idea of, um, the, the, in, in ancient times, the idea of like all the, all the crops going well, the grain and the wine and the oil are, are abundant and that's what makes us feel safe. That's what makes us feel certain. Uh, but this idea of like, oh, no, in, it is in you that I find peace. It is in you that I lie down and sleep and, and, and fall asleep at once. Uh, you are the one who allows us to dwell in safety. And, and that, that is, that, I think that that's a really healthy and, and good picture of what spirituality can do for us in uncertainty. It is not providing certainty in response. It is providing some other peace. I, I, there's a, there's a, um, a reflection from, I believe it's St. Paul in the New Testament. And correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle. Um, but, uh, there is somewhere in, in the letters of the New Testament, a reflection wrong. that is like, what's up? I was just telling you you're wrong. Just oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Any opportunity that you get, I know you have to take it. Um, and so, but the, the reflection is, um, that, uh, the spirit of God provides a peace that surpasses understanding. I just love that. I mean, I just think that that, that's exactly what, what spiritual health is. We're not looking for a better understanding that makes all of our questions and anxieties go away. It's like life is life is so uncertain, and 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 maybe the thing that's happening right now is we can just actually we, we can't avoid that, and and so much of American life like makes us think like oh you know like we can we can have this buffer between all of our uncertainties and when it actually hits us, and now because the world has fundamentally shifted everywhere, we can't avoid it, and and so well wonderful now we can't avoid that we all feel uncertain quite often. Uh, maybe we can get what we actually long for. Maybe we can get that peace that surpasses understanding. It's one of those things I think about how you always have the anxiety of like, what if the world falls apart? What if I lose my job? You know, what if the schools shut down? What if I'm not allowed to leave my house? Like, and you realize uh, all those things that sometimes when those actually happen, it's almost, um, it, it releases some of the power that the fear of those falling away had over us. Not that we call those things good, not that we're pretending that like bringing those things on are things that we welcome, but there's almost a, a sense of like, oh, it, it turns out I am not destroyed when I lose my job. Oh, it turns out when I can't leave my house and see other people that like I can still actually be okay. And I think that there's something about this experience, like all hard experiences, 
that for, for, for as long as we live, I think that there's an opportunity for this to be a character and perseverance, resilient building thing within us. Just to be like, well, I know I made it through that and I was okay. And I think that this is, there is some opportunity in that for us here of recognizing that even when things fall away, we can still be okay. Amen.